this question is a painful one and I suspect it's a personal one. What is the purpose of a stillborn baby in this world? Why do the parents have to go through this painful process of carrying a baby well into the months and then go through the delivery and delivery, delivering and not live baby? What's the point of, of what's called the spontaneous abortion? The, babies don't live to term and babies are born not alive and I mean you can extend the question to in general children living very short periods of time and the pain that goes along with all of these things the short answer to this question is I don't know I really don't know. The more involved answer to this question is that having an answer will probably not alleviate pain. It's the old story with the cup cash and the hard the hard cash and the cup tenets. When the heart asks a question and the mind tries to answer it, it's like talking two different languages these kinds of questions come from pain the mind doesn't have the tools to deal with pain the mind has the tools to deal with rationality with things that are reasonable and even when the mind understands pain it understands pain in theory and the reality of pain is so raw especially pain about these kinds of things that it seems impossible for the mind to be able to touch the heart and address these kinds of questions. So I wonder, I honestly wonder, if we're better off with the answers to these questions or better off just having the questions. More than 20 years ago, my wife and I lost a baby. His name was Menachem. His name was Menachem Mendel, and we called him Menachem. He was born, Chafei Thomas Tafshin Nundald. His British was on the Shleishim of the Rebbe, Gimel Thomas Tafshin Nundald. He lived four years minus five days. He was born Chafei Thomas, he passed away four years later, Chaf Thomas. And we suffered a lot with that boy. And I remember sitting Shiva, and a former teacher of mine came and told me the story of the Baal Shem Tev, how there was a couple that didn't have any children of the Baal Shem Tev, and they insisted the Baal Shem Tev give them a child, and after much hesitancy, Baal Shem Tev gave them a bracha, they had a child, the child lived a few years and died, and they were devastated. You know, you have in, in Chabak, in the story, in Elisha, in Sefer Malachim, where a woman has no children and Elisha uh, wants to do her a favor and Gehazi says to Elisha, Gehazi was Elisha's Shamis, Gabai. She has no children and Elisha gives her a bracha for a child and then the child dies. And she comes back to Elisha hysterical and she says, I never asked you for children. You, you, you offered me children and now the child has died and now it's even worse than if I would not have had children. Of course, the end of that story is that Elisha's Mechayim he brings him back to the dead, but Elisha's don't grow on trees. Elisha's are very rare. And the story of Tchiesa Mesem is very rare, but it's a story in the Navi. So they come to the Baal Shem Tev, this couple, and they say, why did you do this to us? You gave us a child and now the child passed away. And Shem Tev told them a long story about a Spanish prince who had a teacher who was a Murano and he caught him putting on tefillin and how he became a Gertzedek and he ran away from Spain. And when he passed away and he came to Maila, his neshama was incredibly pure and beautiful, except for the fact that two years he had been nursed by a non-Jewish mother 
and it was determined Minashamayim that he should come back into this world and suckle from a Jewish mother for two years. And the Bashem to explain to this couple that they had this chus to look after this credible neshama for the two years they had to live on this earth so it could be nursed. So when the story was told to me as I was sitting here with my child, I was younger, this is 25 years ago. I, uh, this story hurt me, I didn't feel like it helped me. At first I knew this story. Second of all, pain is not alleviated with reason. I would imagine that when the Baal Shem Tev told the story to this couple, he told it in such a sensitive way that somehow it was a nechama, a consolation. But I really wonder, if we knew God's secrets for pain and suffering, and it's reasonable, it would actually add up, it would make sense, would it help us? Would it, would it help us? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. I, human emotion, especially in our generations, where we're so sensitive and so aware of our feelings um, is such that attempting to give reason to pain is like pouring kerosene on a fire. So I, I read this question and, and, and I appreciate that someone wrote this with their whole heart and I don't want to ignore it but I don't want to answer the question. So I'm going to say the following and, and I, I just want to preface by saying that I'm not basing this on sources. This Obviously, I've been learning Chassidus my whole life, but uh, I'm giving you this answer, obviously much of it is based on what's written in Svodim, but I'm not blaming it on any Sefer or any source. I'm explaining it to you as how I, really how I feel it more than anything else. I just want to say this. There's no waste. There's no waste. As painful as it is to have conceived a child a, a fetus and the fetus was aborted after six weeks or ten weeks or fourteen weeks or twenty weeks or Hasusholom the baby is still born there's a point there's a purpose this is it it's not just a waste not just a failure and I think that's important for people to understand it doesn't make it easier to live and deal with it but it does give a perspective. Every single living thing has a soul, has a neshama. This is true according to Kabbalah, even in a stone, a rock, let alone human beings, let alone Jewish human beings. And the soul in each living thing, in each thing, is an eternity, is immortal. Souls don't die, bodies die. And these souls manifest in the world, they manifest in a body for a purpose. There is the ordinary route and process of how a soul is supposed to live, that you're supposed to live a certain number of years, and you're supposed to grow up, and you're supposed to marry, and you're supposed to have children, and you're supposed to raise them, you're supposed to marry them off, and so on. But every soul has a different trajectory. And if a person was, I don't know what word to use, blessed by God, challenged by God, where they were given an neshama that has a different trajectory, where the soul needs one month, either one month of life or even one month of gestation. And the Abishta chose to put this neshama into the fetus which he implanted in this particular couple, this particular woman. This couple, this woman is helping this neshama achieve its end, even though as a mother and as a human being, it doesn't serve us at all. It doesn't seem to serve the child at all. I think it's important to appreciate that there is there is a 
when a neshama lives one day on this earth in whatever condition, the Hashem has a reason, has a purpose. And for that soul, it's good. Uh, there's an answer from the Rebbe, which is quite famous. It's published now in the Svodah Menachem Tzien, where a woman lost a child before Bas Mitzvah. And her husband wrote to the Rebbe and said, the Rebbe has to explain to her the significance of this death because his wife is literally falling to pieces. And the Rebbe didn't want to. He avoided answering. And after the husband insisted that he was a doctor, the Rebbe wrote a note with suggestions of possible explanations. And part of what he wrote is what I'm saying here, the idea of Gilgal. That if a neshama in our generation doesn't live a full life, it's not a mistake, and it's not an accident, and it's not a failure. This is how much time they were given. Because most of the souls in our generation are finishing up tasks from earlier generations. And the Rebbe wrote, we can never know how great a soul has been given to us to, to conceive and to deliver and to, to nurse and to suckle and to raise for whatever number of years that neshama needs to complete its purpose. And the Rebbe wrote to this woman that they did everything to make her life so meaningful and so full of love and so full of peace. And they helped this neshama complete its purpose. And the Rebbe said their love for their child should be their consolation when this child's neshama completed its purpose. So in short and in repetition, what I'm saying is every time a baby is conceived, there's life there. And there's a point. And life has trillions of forms, trillions of circumstances, trillions of conditions. And each one has a trajectory. And each one fulfills its purpose designed by the Yebishter, by God Almighty. And sometimes it's a hundred years and sometimes it's a different amount of time. And we... Uh, take the opportunities Hashem puts in front of us and we do the best we can with the opportunity that the Ebishter gives us. And if Shalom, we are tested by this kind of a situation which I can't imagine the pain. I can't imagine the pain. I'm not trying to offer a consolation. I'm not. I'm trying to answer the question. This neshama had a purpose, and this neshama's purpose was completed with this short amount of time that this woman carried it, even if the baby was never born alive, never delivered. Now, since I'm talking on a subject that's so sensitive, I want to say one final thing, and I'm addressing this to men, especially to younger men. There's something you need to understand. Women losing pregnancies happen often. And I'm sure there's many people who are listening to this who either experience it personally or they know others who've experienced it. I think it's important for men to understand that they cannot appreciate, they cannot appreciate what it feels like to be pregnant, what it feels like to carry a baby, literally a living body inside of yourself, and then to lose it. I have learned over the course of my life and my exposure that a woman who loses a pregnancy is like literally losing a child. The loss is equal to literally giving, delivering a baby and the baby living for a certain number of years and then something occurs. Guys don't have, the, they, they can't feel that because they don't have that experience. 
and um, when you're a young guy and your lo- your wife loses a pregnancy and your attitude is I want to move on quote you know what's the big deal or let's try again I think it's very important for men to understand that they cannot appreciate how painful it is for a woman and it's on them it's an obligation on them to figure out how to be sensitive and understanding of their wives as they're going through this kind of an experience.